Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are with you here on Listen Up. Hope everybody is doing well. Grant Napier with you. And I just did a show with Sean Salisbury, and it must be nice to be Troy Aikman. How about Troy Aikman, right? He's going to get over a million dollars a game in Tony Romo category. Amazing to me what the network executives are paying their talent, and yet they'll cry that they are losing money and that there are going to be massive layoffs and they can't afford this, and they can't afford that. But, yeah, let's go out and play uh, pay an analyst a game. Unbelievable. All right, Major League Baseball, all right, is extending their talks until tomorrow, all right? So the deadline was supposed to be Friday for starting to cancel regular season games, but I guess they are now going to move that until Monday. There's another round of talks scheduled for tomorrow. Now, I don't know what to believe anymore, but Major League Baseball did tell the union that it will cancel games in the regular season if they don't have a deal by the end of Monday, all right? So the players, by the way, have not accepted Monday as a deadline. So this is going to be a very interesting weekend coming up. It was, I think, two weeks ago that Commissioner Rob Manford said that in order to have opening day start on time, you need four weeks of spring training. So that puts the deadline coming up on Monday. All right, if you want to talk about that, hit your hand icon. NBA, the second half resumes tonight. It's not really the second half because most teams only have 22, 23 games uh, remaining. Uh, The schedule in the NBA tonight, uh, the Kings are home against the Nuggets. Elsewhere, Portland hosts Golden State. Phoenix is at Oklahoma City. Memphis travels to Minnesota. Chicago hosts Atlanta. Brooklyn is home to Boston. And Detroit is playing Cleveland in Motown. So, again, if you want to come on, hit your hand icon. We can talk about anything. Kind of a a real crazy period. And I, I talked about this with Sean Salisbury. I thought it was one of the, the best programs that we've had. I'm going to post it for my podcast tomorrow uh, because I think – you'll really find it super interesting. I mean, we we talked about what's going on over in Ukraine. We talked about Phil Mickelson. We talked about whether Jimmy Garoppolo could be back playing with San Francisco. We talked about Jawan Howard. We talked about the uh, baseball talks. It was a phenomenal program that I had with Sean Salisbury uh, earlier today. So I'll post that on my podcast tomorrow for those of you Uh, that did not get an opportunity to listen to that. Uh, Again, NBA second half of the season begins tonight. The teams, I think we talked about this yesterday. I I love what the Warriors are doing. I love how good they look. And they're going to be very, if they're healthy, and again, if they are healthy, they are going to be very, very difficult to beat 
in my opinion. They're going to be hard to beat. They are going to be hard to beat. What do you think about that? As we sit here and talk towards the last week of February, do you think the Warriors are the team to beat in the Western Conference? Do you think they're the team to beat in the entire NBA? What do you think? Are they the team to beat in the entire league right now? If they're healthy. All right. You know, we always talk about health. You got to you gotta have healthy. I mean, if Curry goes down, then obviously that is not happening. All right? It's pretty obvious. You're not winning without Steph Curry. Not happening. I think, I think we all know that. But if they're healthy, and as Klay Thompson continues to get better and better, and if you have a healthy Draymond Green, and you look at the championship pedigree, you got to like what you see. If you are a fan of the Golden State Warriors. So, again, if you want to talk about that, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and I will put you right up on stage. Make sure your microphone is on when I get to you. That is uh, the way we do things here on Listen Up. Not, not, you know, again, we pretty much covered everything uh, on my earlier show. I want to go over, though, this 49ers scenario Adam Schefter was the first one to talk about it from ESPN, how he feels that Jimmy Garoppolo could absolutely stay in San Francisco. I was very interesting what Sean Salisbury told me. He thinks that no matter what, Trey Lance will not be the starting quarterback at the beginning of the season next year, that it would not surprise him, that if it's not Garoppolo, he could see another quarterback. And he mentioned Brady. I, I, I'd be surprised if it's Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay. But he he would not be surprised at all if Trey Lance is not the starting quarterback, all right, for the 49ers. What, who, who gives San Francisco the best chance to win? Well, obviously, it would be Tom Brady. It would be Aaron Rodgers. But assuming that those are not – on the table, then would it be Garoppolo? I think it's Garoppolo over Trey Lance. I can't see Trey Lance taking the 49ers to the Super Bowl. I just can't. And to me, the 49ers are a Super Bowl caliber team, but I personally don't think they're a Super Bowl caliber team with Trey Lance as their quarterback just yet. Could be someday, you know, but I don't see it right now. I don't see it right now. So, again, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. If you're a fan of San Francisco, do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo could still be the quarterback of San Francisco when we get to August and we're watching him play in the preseason? Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and let me know what you think about that. Let me know what you think of the situation with baseball. Do you think that there's a chance that they're going to get a deal done before Monday? Are they stupid enough to start missing regular season games? I think they are. You know, I think that they are stupid enough. I don't think there's any question about that. And so if you do not have a deal by Monday, then I don't think you're going to have a deal for a while. All right? That's what I think. If you don't have an agreement by Monday and you have to start canceling regular season games, then we'll see. And Major League Baseball said this. A deadline is a deadline. Missed games are missed games. Salary will not be paid for those games. So it's right there. Deadline is firm. And you will not be paid for the missed games. And again, by all accounts, there's a lot that needs to be done to get a deal consummated and ratified by the deadline on Monday. And I've been very open about this. Go ahead. Don't play. Do not play. You want to be stupid enough? 
You want to be walking around with blinders on, not being able to read the room, not having any idea, being oblivious to what's going on in our society. Really, that's what you want to do? That's fine. Be stupid enough to do that. You know, at least on this, you don't have the left blaming the right. You don't have the right blaming the left. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on in our society. So at least in Major League Baseball, there were no politics involved. So I applaud that. You know, I applaud that. I just think it's stupidity on both sides. That's what I think. But fortunately, unless I'm oblivious to what the hell's going on, politics don't factor in to the lack of progress on the talks involving Major League Baseball. Because it sure as hell is everywhere else. It's in the Phil Mickelson story. It was, in, uh, you know, it even factored into the Jawan Howard opinions. I mean, it's just unfreaking believable to me. Like, it really matters whether you're on the left or the right, how you feel about Jawan Howard keeping his job or not keeping his job, being suspended. What, what the hell difference does it make what your political affiliation is? I mean, it's incredible. You know, Sean Salisbury and I talked about this. What's going on with Russia and Ukraine? You know, if you're on the left, it's it's Trump's fault that Putin invaded Ukraine. If you're on the right, it's Biden's fault that Putin invaded Ukraine. I mean, you just can't get away from it. And, and same thing with Phil Mickelson. I just cannot believe all of the comments politically motivated as it related to Phil Mickelson, his comments and his apology. At least in baseball, at least I'm not reading comments that are politically motivated with a political agenda as far as Major League Baseball goes. That's about the only damn positive thing that I can say about it. That's for damn sure. But again, a deadline is a deadline. That's what Major League Baseball wants the Players Association to know. You don't get a deal done by Monday, miss games or miss games, salary will not be paid for those games. Why should should salary be paid for those games? Why not? You know, I mean, why why would you think that you get paid for not playing? You know, it's not the NBA where you can take off games because you got a sore ankle or a sore foot or a sore knee and you can miss three weeks and still get hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, right? It's not like that. I, I, I wouldn't be optimistic if I'm a fan of Major League Baseball. I don't understand why there should be optimism. I know yesterday they had over five hours of negotiations. The word today is mixed. I, 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 it doesn't seem too good based on what I'm hearing from today. But again, I, I don't even know who to believe anymore as it relates to talks or no talks. But the, the, the good news is, and I will say this, if there is anything that's positive, they have agreed to talk tomorrow. All right? So this would be the fifth straight day of talks. At least they're talking. I know one thing, you don't get a deal done if you're not talking. So if there are any positives, at least that is one. Now, this is not a positive. Players not accepting Monday as a deadline. That's not exactly a positive. So... From what we understand, the players and the teams remain far apart on the luxury tax tax thresholds, revenue sharing, salary arbitration, eligibility. You know what I say? We don't give a damn. Fans don't care what the hell your problems are. We don't care. You think we care how much you get paid? You think we care about arbitration, eligibility? You think we care about revenue sharing? Seriously, you think we care about luxury tax thresholds? We don't care. We don't give a damn. We don't care how much money you make. We don't care. 
You know what we care about? Games being played. That's what we care about. You know what other folks care about? Having customers in their bars and restaurants around ballparks. Parking attendants, concessionaires, hotel operators. I can go on and on. Those are the people that give a damn because they're the ones that get hurt the most. I'm not getting hurt by no baseball. You're making my life easier. I don't have to sit there and watch a boring-ass game for three and a half hours because I've got to talk about it here on Listen App. All right? Seriously. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not hurting my life that i got to watch, you know, 20 strikeouts and, you know, 15 pitchers come into the game. You're not affecting my life. Trust me. I'll be just fine. I'll be just fine. But there are a lot of people that will not be just fine. You know, we call it the little guy. They're the ones that get screwed. They're the ones that get screwed. And you just wonder, does Major League Baseball give a damn? Do they care? It just seems to me they are so far out of touch with reality. No reality at all with Major League Baseball. So, again, give me your thoughts. If you want to comment on that, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we'll put you uh, right up. Tomorrow, again, we'll wrap up the week with another show at 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern. Just letting you know that tomorrow we'll wrap up the week. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see if there's any more, if there's any progress at all uh, as it relates to baseball. You got a couple of big dates coming up in the world of sports. You know, in the end of the first week of March, where NFL teams have to designate tags to players. What's going to happen with Devontae Adams in Green Bay? I mean, I don't see any way in the world that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers without Devontae Adams there. Uh, that would not make that, – that's not happening. I don't see any way that Aaron Rodgers is going to Green Bay without Adams. Now, they're negotiating on a deal – they could tag him. The Packers have said they don't want to do that. But I, I don't think there's any way they let Devontae Adams walk. Not happening. And I don't see Aaron Rodgers saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to come back and I'll be okay playing for Green Bay without Adams. Just don't see that happening in any way, shape, or form. So if you're an NFL fan, if you want to comment on that, we'll do so. You know, the rumors are still out there as it relates to Brady. I don't think you would hear anything until you get closer to uh, training camp. So, you know, and I'll tell you something else. Sean made a good point today. If, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you sure as hell don't want to go to the AFC and contend with Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, right, Herbert. Uh, you, you don't want to deal with that. I mean, you probably got the best chance of going to the Super Bowl is, number one, if you play better in the playoffs, talking about Aaron, who was not good, this year in the game against San Francisco or go to San Francisco, that would give you an outstanding chance of getting to the Super Bowl. But I think mostly you stay right there in Green Bay. I mean, a team's shown in the last two years, they're good enough, right? They lost in the championship game a year ago to Tampa. They lost to San Francisco after a bye. They had everything set up. The Niners had played in Dallas the week before. And San Francisco went in there and got the Robbie Gold kick, the walk-off, and the Niners advanced. Whereas Aaron Rodgers did not play well, and Green Bay was done. They were one and done. But still, when I look at the rosters, if you're not going to play for San Francisco, I think Green Bay has got the best chance of any team in the NFC. I mean, it's not Dallas to me. You know, the Rams are probably going to have a Super Bowl hangover. You know, there's nobody that I look at now without Brady in the AFC South. Excuse me, the NFC South. Carolina, obviously, no. Tampa without Brady, no. New Orleans, no. Right? Atlanta, no. You know, in the NFC North, nobody. You know, it's not Minnesota. It's not Chicago. It's not Detroit. I, I just... And I don't know what the hell is going on in Arizona with Kyler Murray, you know, and how good they looked coming out of the gate. And then, boom, they lose 
Hopkins, and it's like they're a completely different team when Hopkins got hurt for the Cardinals. And Murray looked lost in too many games and looked pathetic, horrible in the wild card game against the Rams. I mean, it was absolutely a brutal performance by Kyler Murray. Brutal. Just absolutely awful. About as bad as it gets. I mean, there's no other way you can say it. It was a pathetic performance. So I I don't really even know, you know, if you ask me about Arizona, where I would even put them. I I don't know. But I I was, I I could not believe what I saw from Murray in the last couple of weeks of the season. I mean, a guy looked like he had never played football before. You're going to tell me, I know DeAndre Hopkins is really, really good. I didn't realize that he was the whole freaking offense. But that's what it looked like. You know, the only game that they looked good at was when they went into Dallas and won that game in December. And you're thinking, okay, they got their big win. They're going to be good again. They're going to be back on track. Uh Uh-uh. Didn't happen. Did not happen at all. And then, you know, you got to figure out what's going to happen in Seattle. Is Russell Wilson going to stay up there with the Seahawks? Or is he going to be on the move? But I know one thing. If I'm a top-flight quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, the last place I want to go is the AFC. Because it is going to be a very tall hill to climb with the quarterbacks that I just mentioned. So, again, let me hear from you. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we'll put you right up on stage. And we can talk about anything that you want to. Again, I, I, I look at baseball, and if we're sitting here on Monday, which I believe we will, I think we're going to be saying still no deal on Monday. That would be my gut feeling going into the weekend. I think when we come on here and you and I are talking and it's Monday, I'll be surprised if there is a deal with Major League Baseball uh, and the Players Union. That would surprise me. Wouldn't shock me, but it would definitely surprise me. I do not see it. And, And how much heat should Rob Banford be getting here as the commissioner of baseball? Not that I'm willing to take Tony Clark and put him on a pedestal with the uh, Players Association, but Manford, to me, has done a horrible job with this. Horrible. I mean, you know, these are issues that have been going on for a while. We knew about it all of last year. You know, you implement in the middle of the freaking season umpires checking the gloves of pitchers for foreign substances. And, I mean, that, that's, that was horrible. Really was. Just absolutely brutal. I just wonder if baseball, the direction that they're heading to me, does not look good. It really doesn't. It does not look good at all. All right, let's get to some phone calls here on this Thursday. Why don't we start with Jay? Hello, Jay. How are you today? Great, Grant. How you doing, buddy? I'm well, thank you. Excellent. Hey, I wanted to comment on uh, the analyst situation here. You, you know, you know who is really sitting in the catbird seat, in my opinion, is uh, Charles Davis. You know. <clears throat> He is, to me, the, the, the top analyst out there, and he just doesn't seem to get a whole lot of uh, credit for um, not, o- not only how good he is, but how entertaining he, he, a- he actually adds to the game. He is very good, but what he does not have is he doesn't have an NFL pedigree like the guys that are getting the huge money right now, and that's the issue. And again, it has to do with stereotyping. It has to do with that nonsense. Uh, the fact that he's not a you know NFL stud, star, Super Bowl winner, etc., keeps him where he is. Which, by the way, is at a very good place. You know, the number two team with Iron Eagle. You know, to me, I think they're as good as any anybody in football, but. That, to me, is what is not on his resume. It has to do, I think it's nonsense, but people talk about, well, the credibility, the uh, garbage. The guy is excellent. He's really good at what he does. He knows football inside out. Uh, he's one of my favorites. I'm with you. I think you do a good job bringing his name up. I think he's one of the best. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him get some more national credit. <clears throat> so as we wrap up the basketball season, you know, Portland's shutting down Nurshik, so, you know, they're, they're kind of in that yep. pseudo-tank mode, although those young guys are playing hard. They, they are. They, they may not tank as well as Portland wants them to, uh, but this this um, Chris Paul injury, that, that can end up being a big deal for the Suns, you know, depending on, you know, how much time he's going to miss and then, you know, what happens when he first comes back. You know, at the, coming back at the playoffs always seems to be kind of hard 
transition right back in and get back to that level. Could be. The one thing that Phoenix, they've got the number one seed pretty much locked up. They've got a seven-game lead in the loss column. They're not going to lose that. Uh, I'm with you on Paul. It will be very interesting to see you know, when he does come back. Now, the other, the other part of that, this could be, again, I don't want to say the best thing, but this could be – this could work out well for Chris Paul, a guy that has a ton of attrition on his body, a little long in the tooth. Now he's going to be very, very fresh when the playoffs begin. So you can look at it that way as well. Yeah, well, and I'm with you. I think it's going to be, um, you know, you know, obviously the health has to be there, but it, I think it's going to be the Warriors and the Suns coming out of, out of the West. And who, whoever happens to be uh, hot and healthy, I think that's, that's, that's what we're going to see moving yep. forward. And the wild card to me in the West is Memphis because nobody's talking about them. And they've got 41 wins. They're third in the West, and they are playing really well. And they've got a up-and-coming superstar in John Morant. Uh, they, they are really good right now. They're playing a- excellent basketball. I agree. And I could, I could see them knocking off some some uh, some big names. And, and uh, I, I, I don't think they're quite there yet for this year, but they, they, could, be a, yep. they could be a problem. It could be a handful moving forward. Uh, I agree. I totally agree with you. And then, you know, the other team, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if, and I'm only saying if, if you had LeBron James and Anthony Davis completely healthy, that would not be a team that you would be licking your chops to play in the first round of the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. All right, man. Love your show. Hey, Jay, now I got to ask you a question. Did I hear right that your wife, who knows nothing about UFC, on super draft on a free entry won a couple of hundred bucks <laughs> she did grant it's amazing you know she knows nothing in fact if she walked in the room right now and i said hey name name one person from that winning pick she wouldn't be able to do it wow but but she 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 was finished number one in the entire country on wow. her picks one on the on uh, on the free on the free entries that are associated with um the monthly subscription won two hundred and fifty dollars, and I and so I, so we were having a family gathering, and and uh, there was a couple other members of the of the folks that were part of Super Drafts that won a few bucks, and they're like, well, what's your secret? And she has no bias, you know, so wow. because she doesn't know any of the names, she sits there and she looks at the stats and comes to a conclusion based on 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 stats, and. Do you know she's also done the exact same thing with golf? And she, she didn't win. She didn't win the two hundred and fifty dollars, but she's won. She won forty or fifty dollars on golf uh, with because she doesn't have any bias as she's sitting there picking the players. And there was a, a family that was with us when we were having this conversation, and and they were like, "What?" And that night he signed up, and two days later he 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 he, he knows golf, and and two days later. The newest, the newest person won $55 picking the golf. So the Super Drafts is fun. It, it's a, it, it keep, keep promoting it because it's fun. And, uh, and um, uh, we're glad to help anybody get going because the, team, the teams oh. are growing and folks, folks are winning some money. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Jay, have a great rest of the uh, day. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It really is. If you want more information, you can go to grant.windthistime.com. You look at the video, I'll be notified, and then I'll reach out to you. Just go to grant.windthistime.com. We're having a lot of fun with it. I, I, when I saw that his wife won $250 on a free entry for UFC that she didn't know anything about, I'm like, well, that's what it's all about. You know, it's fun, and we've built up a, a pretty good team, and we're interested in having you on board. So if you're interested, if you are interested, just go to that uh, grant.winthistime.com and uh, I'll be notified and I'll reach out to you. All right, if you want to come on the program today, all you need to do is raise your hand, hit your hand icon, uh, and uh, I will put you right on. Good call from Jay. I agree about Charles Davis. I think Charles is excellent. Uh, for, for, well, I love the guy. He's just a phenomenal person, phenomenal person, just a uh, really a just a class A uh, individual. And uh, I think he and I and Eagle, they do a fabulous job, fabulous job, absolutely a fabulous job. Uh, I want to hear from you. All right. Your turn. What do you think of Major League Baseball? Do you care? Are you like me where you were like, you know what? Call me when you get a deal done. Are you like me where you're like, I'm not going to miss baseball. 
you know, you're not going to, you're not going to put a stain on my life if you're going to miss 20 or 30 or 40 games. I'm going to be just fine. I'll be fine. I really will. We got March Madness starting here in a little bit. You know, we gravitate towards that. Then you got the Masters leading up in the beginning of April. So I'll be fine. You want to miss some baseball? Go ahead. Go ahead. You get your problems in order. Figure it out. And when you are ready to play, let us know. And maybe, maybe I'll watch the games. Maybe. Forrest, how are you today, Forrest? <laughs> I'm doing good, Grant. Maybe you'll watch the games. Maybe. I'm kind of on the same, same sentiment here. Maybe. Yep. Maybe I'll yep. watch. It'll, it'll take a little while. I'm talking about announcers. Um, see if you can tell who my all-time favorite uh, announcer is. It's a, uh, a wonder. Remember one of the great ones of all time coming out of the Georgia yeah. backfeld. Herschel yeah, Keith Walker. Jackson. Keith Jackson yeah, was great. Yeah, the pitch. Stumbling, <laughs> bumbling. Oh, Nelly. Oh, my. We got a Donnybrook today. I love it. I <laughs> yeah. love it. And I was looking up some salary uh, situations. You know Vin Scully, the most he made in one year? What's that? Three million. How about that? Can you imagine what Vince Scully would make right now if he were, you know, in his mid-40s uh, from the networks and everything else? Wow. Unbelievable. I think he might be part of the problem, though. And You'll I, have I know to explain. Kind of, <laughs> I know that sounds kind of sacrilegious, but, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I started in broadcasting when I was in high school, and I can't imagine being a Dodger fan. I, I was a Dodger fan, but trying to become an announcer for the Dodgers and, you know, well, next year, Vin will retire next year, next year, 60 yep. years go by and, you know, you're, you're out of a job. You can't, uh, you know, you, you can't get in because he's got, he's log jammed it up. Uh, it's one of the, well, I don't think we'll ever see that surpassed again. I mean, I really don't. Uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, the radio announcer for the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, is a legendary figure. He's 88 years old right now, I believe, and he's still doing the Suns. Think about that. Yeah, got to list him last year in the playoffs, and he's still it's still amazing, and everybody he is can amazing. still learn from him. Yeah, I uh, my favorite announcer though that I is really unsung, I, not really, but Kevin Harlan, he yep. is he is so good, and I I just feel bad for Kevin though too because he gets paired up with Reggie Miller who cannot. No, it's terrible. Cannot, oh, he is awful. Oh yep. my gosh, it's he's doing I radio, agree. and it's like he's saying right there, right there. Reggie, we're not looking at the TV. We can't see when you say right yeah. there. It's terrible. I totally agree. I, I'm not a fan of Reggie Miller either. Uh, Kevin Harlan, no. He's great. I love his energy, his passion. Uh, I love Kevin. He's also a phenomenal human being. Great guy. Love Kevin Harlan. Yeah, that I think that uh, translates you know, through your broadcasting. And I, I agree with Charles Davis. He's one of my favorites. And I, I do mute uh, Tony Romo. He is a one-trick pony. Oh, boy. That, that first year was good. It was okay. But now he's just taken the, the salt that he has to season yep. things. He's just overboarding. Let me ask you, being in Southern California and your age and, and all the decades of watching sports, where do you put Dick Enberg among the all-time greats? Oh, yeah. He's up there. Top 10, definitely. Yep. Yeah, especially uh, just his relationship with, and then uh, broadcasting with Merlin Olson. Yep. And you know, I think my all-time favorite though would be Howard Cosell and uh, Chick Hearn. All right. What so, about what about Kurt Gowdy? Yeah, yeah, he was he was good. And, and back in the day, you know, when we only get him on national TV once a week. Yep. A- ABC's Wide World of Sports or what have you, but. You know, there were, it's just, it's, I don't think that there's the broadcasters now because they're coming from football or whatever, they don't really go to quote unquote school mm-hmm. to learn how to not force your personality into the game and just let it happen and, and let, step back when big things happen. Al Michaels is, you know, he's great at that, but we'll, we'll see. I know well, I'll tell you a, what I think was one of the all time great jobs in the history of sports broadcasting was when Jim McKay had to become a newscaster with the tragedy at the Olympics in Munich. Uh, I think to this day, that might be as good as any job in broadcasting that I've ever seen. Yeah. And and that's that's what I tell young people learning is it's 
you know, you're not going to learn anything when things go right. So if you had a good show or anything, that's not when you're going to shine through and when you're going to be valuable to an employer. It's when things break down. Yes. And you've got to come off the cuff. And yes. you've really got to start broadcasting things. And, and that's where he really shined. You are so absolutely spot on about that. When you have to just completely change in midstream, everything is ad-libbing, and you have to do something that is out of your comfort zone and out of your element and you have to shine. You are absolutely 100% correct. I always teach the youth. People always ask me for advice, and I always tell them, learn how to ad lib instead of reading off of a script. Use some bullet points and make a story out of that and just talk and make it up as you go along because there will come a time in your career where you're not going to be able to follow a script, where you're going to have to be on your own and you're going to have to improvise. And if you don't know how to ad lib, you're screwed. You are screwed. And yeah, you always have to have a place to land and where you're going. I, the the biggest adjustment that I had, and I don't think people realize too, is is producers talking in your ear while you're talking. Yes. And they're telling you what to do and where to go. So you're like channeling your brain. You're shutting off one half, listening to what they're saying, and then, you know, because there's there's chatter going on in there. And well, it's, it's, I was it's pretty funny. Hey, you want it, you want a funny story? So my first ever National Hockey League game that I did on TV. I was doing the Sharks and the Vancouver Canucks, and it was 1995. It was the first time I ever did an NHL game. And I actually knew the Canucks probably better than the Sharks because the year before, the Canucks were in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Rangers, and my best friend was the second uh, man in charge of Vancouver uh, next to Pat Quinn. And I went to games three, four, five, six, and seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. So for my first game with the Sharks and the Canucks, I could not have had a better situation. But anyway, I'm doing the game with former Ranger and former NHL player Pete Stemkowski. And there was a player for Vancouver, and his name was Dana Merzin. And I remember his jersey number. It was number five. <laughs> and Stemmer kept on calling him Merza. And literally, I am not exaggerating, in the middle of the game, the producer, whose name was Mark Stolberger, yells in the headset while I'm in the middle of doing play-by-play. -play. He goes, it is effing Mirza, M-U-R-Z-A. He's screaming as I'm doing the play-by-play. -play. And actually, I'm trying not to laugh because I thought it was just so funny that he's screaming at Stemmer and spelling the guy's name. Uh, that was just – so, you know, you 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 – when you're in this business and you do it all, you hear it all, and nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> did, what was the what was the look on his face? Did he come back and do anything after that? Uh, did, did he shut up? <laughs> you know, Stemmer after that did not mispronounce his name. It was Merzin and not Merza for the rest of the game. So he at least was, you know, taking the advice of Stolberger. But he yelled and was screaming, and it was literally right in the middle of me doing the TV play-by-play, -play, and I just could not believe it. I, I, I couldn't believe – that the producer was yelling at Stemmer like that. It was incredible. How did you get that? That uh, how did you get to broadcast that? It's game? interesting. I had sent a tape to this guy Mark Stolberger back a year prior, maybe two years prior, because even though I had the job with Sacramento as the Kings, my first love was doing hockey play-by-play. -play. So I went to the arena in San Jose. I got a press pass. And I sat in the auxiliary press box one night and I announced the game by myself. I can't even remember who the Sharks were playing. And then I sent the tape to Mark Stolberger and never heard anything. And then about a year, maybe two years later, I get a call and he always he never said Mark. He would always he would say Stolberger here. And I answered the phone. He goes, Stolberger here. He goes, you know who I am, right? I go, yes. He goes, listen, he goes, our uh, TV play-by-play -play announcer, Randy Hahn, is taking off some games uh, for maternity leave to be with his wife during the birth of the child. And I'm wondering if you'd be interested in filling in on TV. And I'm like, yes, I sure would. So, I, I, so the first game I did was against Vancouver. And get a load of this. The second game I did was at the Great Western Forum against the LA Kings when Wayne Gretzky was playing. So oh, I did a, I yeah. did a game with Wayne Gretzky. Yari Curry was on that team, and that was just a, a huge thrill for me. A huge thrill for me doing those games. Oh, I can imagine getting the royal treatment sitting up there. And and how did you how did you record the game if you were in the press box 
You just because I recorded onto a cassette recorder. I would use the old fashioned. I was a radio play by play, not TV. uh, And I did it onto a cassette, you know, just a good old fashioned cassette. Talked into the. Yep. And yep. nobody was I had, around you. I had a I had a microphone that I brought. I hooked it up to the cassette and I did the game. I did all three periods. I didn't send them all three periods, but I sent him, you know, probably a, a 15 or 20 minute stretch of me doing the play by play. And he said he, when he called me up, he goes, hey, man, you, you I love your hockey play by play. Obviously, he did or he wouldn't have called me. And yeah. I ended up doing the games. Wow. And unedited. You, you broke it down, I'll, but you, you, yeah. you want to, I'll tell you, I even got a better story than this. I am the Sharks were playing in Sacramento against the Montreal Canadiens in a preseason game. And it was in September. And I am at the skate around and I'm standing near the glass watching the Sharks and then the Canadiens. And because I loved hockey. And all of a sudden, this voice goes, Hey, how are you? And it was the voice of the Montreal Canadiens and of Hockey Night in Canada, Dick Irvin. And he says to me, uh, do you know anything about the Sharks? And I said, sure. And we start talking. And he says to me, he goes, listen, he goes, I'm doing the game tonight uh, for the Canadiens. And I really would like somebody to join me on the Canadiens broadcast that knows about the Sharks. Because, you know, the Sharks were new. They were an expansion team. And I said, I would love to. So I did a game with the legendary announcer and Hockey Night in Canada, the Montreal Canadiens. And when I get up there, he goes, now listen, he goes, I don't want you to analyze. I don't want you to be a hockey analyst. I want you to just fill in color about the Sharks and things. I said, I get it. I absolutely would love to. And we, it was, it was, I can't even begin to tell you what a thrill it was to be sitting next to a legendary announcer. And then at the end of the game, he thanked me. He says, hey, you're exactly what I needed. You were great. I cannot thank you enough. And I said, sure, no problem. So how about that? Wow. That's, that's ladies and gentlemen, that's how you keep your ears open and be ready, you know, when they say lucky. But it's, yep. it's talent to meets opportunity. You, you grab it. Did anything ever come of that? Did you meet up no, with him later? N- uh, yeah. No. Uh, you know, I was still doing the Kings full time and, but no, but it was just a great experience and to be with, you know, a legendary announcer. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you what it was like when he started talking to me. Cause I knew him. I used to watch hockey night in Canada all the time. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you what a thrill it was just to be able to uh, talk to him. It was, it would be the equivalent and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It would be the, uh, uh, you know, Dick Irvin, it was a household name in Canada as a oh, legendary yeah. hockey announcer. It would be the equivalent of having Mel Allen come up and ask you to join him in the booth. Seriously, I'm not exaggerating. I mean, oh, Dick oh, Irvin yeah. was, was everyone know who Dick Irvin was in Canada. Everyone. I mean, it's, everyone. It's, he was a household name. It's one of the highest rated TV shows that of, of its time. Hockey Night in Canada was a, yeah. was a Super Bowl telecast every single night. Uh, every single week, Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada was the equivalent of what we see watching the Super Bowl every year. That's how big Hockey Night in Canada was with their production elements and Don Cherry and everyone else. I, I, I used to watch it when I used to get that station at Bowling Green. And I got to tell you, I mean, this is crazy to say, but while everybody was out partying on Saturday night, very often I'd be watching Hockey Night in Canada because I loved it so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You'd like the production, not necessarily the teams.
No, but uh, the production was phenomenal. I mean, it was it was it was absolutely phenomenal. But you know, Dick Irvin was again he was a household name, a household name up in Canada. Made your dream come true. Thanks, Grant. Thank you. Thanks for the, thanks for sharing those stories. My pleasure. Thank you very much. I always tell young broadcasters, don't just zero in on one sport. Be well-rounded because you never know when your opportunity is going to come. I never thought I'd be on the Montreal Canadiens radio network. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Good, Grant. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you. I'm sorry I had to join late, so I, uh, we run a dog rescue, like I said, and I had to take care of a guy. But anyway, I don't know if you covered the Monday night football too much. Uh, a little I bit. Wanted, I wanted to chime in. What I, 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 I watched you uh, on YouTube today and you rant, and I put a comment in there. Uh, what I do is when the, the uh, Eli and uh, Peyton Manning, the Manning brothers, and I, I put the Peytons, and I miss. I misdid that on the YouTube. I screwed that up. But I listen to the Manning Brothers, and I have a good time doing that. I just find that enjoyable to listen to them go back and forth on column plays, defenses. And have you ever watched that before? Yes, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, and they have the guests. You know, they go back and forth. And it just makes uh, for a fun, fun time to enjoy the game you know they banter back and forth and but uh i like how they they call out defenses and kind of they they give you a, a different perspective of the game and i mean which i mean i mean peyton manning who else could you i mean enjoy i mean to dissect a play you know or, or defense Listen, I, I thought they were both great. I thought Eli and, and Peyton both did a hell of a job. I really do. I thought it was uh, very interesting. I, I wasn't crazy with every week, but a lot of it I really, really enjoyed. Really enjoyed. Yeah, the the guys in the booth, they just stink. The ones, the, the regular guys. The, so I don't know if Troy, but Troy is kind of dry, you know. So I don't know uh, how he's going to do. I mean, uh, they just need somebody to bring some. They need a good personality. I mean, back to Howard Cosell and Dandy Don, and they need a uh, you know John Madden. They need somebody that could to liven up the booth. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, they're paying a lot of money. That's for sure. They're paying him that's, a lot of money. That's ridic- ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. Well, thank you. You have a great day. I just wanted to chime in on that. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. More on uh, Dick Irvin. It was Dick Irvin Jr. I mean, his dad was just a a household name, too. He was, uh, in 1988, the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame presented him with the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award for his contributions to hockey broadcasting. And then in 2004, he was inducted into the Canadian Association of Broadcasters uh, Hall of Fame. And... I mean, being with him was, I mean, uh, incredible. You know, he worked with Danny Gallivan, who's also a household name, was a household name on uh, Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, But everyone in Canada, if you go, hey, you know, tell me about Dick Irvin and Dick Irvin Jr., they'll go, how much time do you have? Just a... I was, and he was the nicest guy in the world. Just could not have been nicer to me. Could not have been nicer to me. Phenomenal. That was a phenomenal experience. It really was. You know, the first thing I'm thinking of, don't screw this up. You know, don't have, you know, a Hall of Fame announcer kick me out of the booth, you know, because I'm talking too much. And at the end of the first period, I did. I said, hey, am I talking too much? He goes, no, you're perfect. He goes, you're, exa- you're doing exactly what I want, and you're doing a really good job. I said, hey, I really appreciate that. You know, I'm trying not to step on you, and I'm trying not to, you know, be too much. He said, absolutely not. He goes, you're exactly what I was looking for. I'm like, perfect, you know? So great experience. Really was. That was just, uh, you know, we always talk about being in the right place at the right time. That was being in the right place at the right time, just standing against the glass, watching the skate around of the Canadians and then the uh, Sharks. Yeah, that was, that was, 
That was good stuff. That was good stuff. All right, hey, if you want to come on the program, uh, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Tomorrow, again, same time, uh, 3 o'clock. Are you like me? As it, I don't even think a lot of people care. I, I get the impression that there aren't a lot of people that give a damn about baseball's problems. And I'm one of them. I really don't. I have to talk about it. I mean, that's why we're doing a show here on Listen App and, you know, on No Filter and my podcast. But I'm I'm with a lot of people that don't seem to care, do not seem to care. Alfred, how are you today, Al? I hope you can hear me, Grant. Can you hear me? Uh, I have you back. You're not silenced anymore. <laughs> you made my day. What has been going on with your phone? Oh, Nate, I'm 60. You know what, man? I'm like Fred Flintstone, man, you know? Yeah. Just give, give me uh, give me a car at my bare feet, man. I'm moving it. I just, I try, I'm trying to figure out what the heck happened. I'm looking at all my settings. I finally, I finally figured it was embarrassing. I even said, hey, Nate, I posted something on your YouTube. I'm sorry about the last couple of days. But, uh, you know, I, I was listening to your uh, talking about the announcers in your career. And I remember you just dissertation about your career uh, a number of months ago it was so amazing to hear how you you came up and I just from your perspective you've done all the pretty much all the sports in one level or another what's the toughest for you as far as you know play by play and I'll talk about maybe radio or tv I mean hockey I don't know a lot about hockey but you've called just about what would be your toughest uh I think football, if you're in a bad location, broadcast-wise, can be very difficult. Uh, football, I did the Raiders for five years on preseason, right. and, the, and the Raiders broadcast booth is far away from the field because oh. it's, a base, it's, it's a baseball stadium. And very often, you, you, you could not believe how far away from the field you were. Yeah. I would actually announce the game very often with binoculars, which oh. kind of cuts down on your depth of perception. And then I did a game once in Houston. Yeah. I did a game with the Raiders and the Houston Texans, and I'm not exaggerating. We were so high up that I could not read the numbers with my naked eye. Oh. So, you know, but again, you know, you, you still have a job to do. You still have to announce the game and fans don't give a damn whether you can see or not. They want to hear what's going on. They want you to do a good job. But I would say for me, bad locations when I did football was probably the most difficult. Hockey to me came very naturally. Uh, hockey was yeah. ryth- a very rhythmic sport for me with great inflection with great energy like uh, i thought i was made for hockey announcing yeah uh, fa- fast fast action that's why i enjoy doing basketball but you know again right. location location for football can be very difficult if you're in a bad spot it really can you know and i and i grew up in a bay area and i have like listened to bill king and lon simmons and for me there's certain guys with certain styles like you know, Lon was suited for baseball. I think, I don't know how familiar I was with some of those guys, but he had a deep voice and he really could tell a story because, you know, baseball, you got to do a lot of filler. You know, it's kind of a slow sport and Lon could just yep. fill it with the story. Whereas Bill King on his play by play, he was great, was just, was just exceptional. And you, for, for my two cents, you do a great job because you voice you don't overspeak it when you're doing the TV. And my thought is for you, for, for what I've heard, I have you right up there with those two, is they're so good with your partners. You always work George and Jim Plunkett into the into the broadcast. Yep. You, you you work them. And even Sean Salisbury is uh, made after the show on No Filter. Thanks for teeing it up on, for me. You're so good with your, Thank you. your partners, you don't deal with the chemistry. And sometimes that's, that's what makes it work. Don't, like you said, don't step on your partner or you're overstepping and talking too much. Like, you know, you spoke to Romo. And so you, that's where I've always appreciated well, your, your work. My philosophy has always been that the analyst is the most important person on the telecast. And I put my ego aside. I put all that aside. I don't care. I want the broadcast to be great. And I've always, I've always thought that the analyst needs to be the person that shines on the show. And I've always taken that approach. Radio is completely different. Radio, the play-by-play man uh, is, is, or the play-by-play lady is what makes the show, not the analyst. But on TV, uh, 
I've always felt that way. And Jerry Reynolds knows this because I used to tell Jerry all the time. And I used to say, Jerry, I think you're the highlight of the show. And, you know, what made it great is he goes, no, that's stupid. You, you're the man on the show. But the point is, we both felt that way about each other. And that's what made it so enjoyable and so fun to do. But you, but you, your skill set was was what made Jerry so good. I mean, a lot of a lot of guys, the main guy, might not be able to get that Jerry set up like you did, because you just, you know, you guys were just like a like a well-oiled machine, and you pumped that well of information. Whereas Jerry might not have been as exceptional. You guys just played off each other. Yeah, well, I knew what Jerry was thinking. I knew what he was going to say. Yeah. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time together when we weren't uh, on the air. So, you know, to, even to this day, I consider Jerry a family member to me. We talk every week. You know, there's really not yeah. a week that goes by that I'm not calling him or he's not checking in with me. Uh, I love the man. He's a very, very special person in my life. But the great thing about Jerry is he's got zero ego. And believe it or not, I don't have an ego. I've never have. I just, huh. I've never been in this business to have people talk about me. I've been in this business because it's fun and I love doing yeah. it. And Jerry mm -hmm. and I just, we always, I guess we, for lack of a better term, we were perfect together in the sense that huh. we didn't really care who got the notoriety. We didn't care who the fans were talking about. We were just blessed and fortunate to be doing what we were doing. And you know, I was just, it's just so important for me as a fan of my team that I want a, a good announcer on my team that I, I can listen to. And that's where I hear it. All these poor Kings fans who have the really diehards have to listen to the new product and they, and they grew up as kids listening to you. It's just amazing yep. to hear. Well, have a no, good I one, really, man. I, I, uh, thank you for yeah, being yeah. back in society with your phone. It's <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> I I can't Nate, I'm just such a such a knucklehead. But anyway, man, good good talk. Sorry about the the technological difficulties, but I'm always out there. So yeah, have a good are. one, buddy. You too. That's great stuff. Yeah, if you weren't with us the last couple of days, I kept on going to Al and the green light was on and I couldn't hear him and I knew he had something wrong on his phone, so I'm glad that he stuck with it and I could have him on. I really enjoy uh talking with him. I would say that is true of the network announcers. I mean, I know it's true of Ian Eagle because I've talked to him about this. I know it's true of Mike Breen because I've talked to Mike about this. And you cannot be good. You cannot have a good telecast. It's not possible if you're not working as a team. And in order to work as a team, you better leave any ego at the door. You better leave any just leave it at the door. You are a part of a team and it is up to you as a play-by-play -play announcer. I'm the one that drives the car. All right. I'm the one that's the pilot. I'm the captain. And as the captain, I need to make sure that my co-pilot can fly the plane just as well as I can. And I've always tried to take that approach. Jerry, how are you today? I'm fine, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, I just wanted to tell you about uh, about your broadcasting skills. Uh, there was one year when Willie Cauley Stein did an uh, just outrageous dunk, yes. and you said, uh, "If you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball." And then I guess a couple of days after that, you said that you didn't even see that play. You were going off the crowd. That's that correct. Shows, I didn't see it. I was screened off. Right there. Yeah. That's just. I mean, I mean, that's just crazy. That uh, that that most people out there wouldn't even know how to respond to that. I did not see the dunk. It was one of, and, and when I saw it on replay, it was just phenomenal, but I missed it because I was completely screened off. I could not see it because of the, uh, I believe the coach and the referee jumped in front of me right as the play was developing and I never saw it. That's correct. But I knew from the crowd oh, that it had to be sensational. Oh. That's That's 100% correct. Oh, wow, sir. All right, sir. Love the show, Grant. Thank you. Jerry, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And I wouldn't have been able to do that early in my career. There's no way. But I I knew from the reaction of the crowd that it had to be something very, very, very special. The crowd will tell you when it's very, very special. You can actually, I think, if you go back and look at that, uh, maybe it was his best dunk of his career, there was about a half-second count after the basket was made before I did my signature call because, again, I didn't see it. And the crowd told me 
how special it was. And then when I saw it on replay, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that vividly. Good job right there. Hey, if you want to get in on the program today, uh, before we say so long, uh, give me a shout with that hand, and I will put you up on stage with me. Don't forget, tomorrow, again, we'll wrap up the week, 3 o'clock, and talk about whatever you want. You know, there are a lot of things going on in our world, a lot of things not good, that's for sure, and it's kind of fun to kind of get away from reality and deviate and be able to talk about some of the great announcers that we've done on the show today. You know, I grew up in a generation where Kurt Gowdy, Jim McKay, you know, Keith Jackson, Dick Enberg, they were, you know, household names, right? I mean, Monday Night Football with Frank Gifford and Don Meredith, Dandy Don and Howard Cosell, you know, that was must-see. Uh, TV every Monday night. Of course, you didn't have the saturation of football because you couldn't watch every game like you can today with the NFL Sunday ticket. So it was different back then. You didn't have, uh, you weren't saturated with NFL. There was no Thursday night football. Uh, And again, you could not, you really could not watch, you know, uh, a lot of the games the way you can now. Just couldn't do it. So, you know, those, those three were absolutely amazing. You know, you had Keith Jackson doing, you know, network baseball. You know, Keith did the one-game playoff with the Yankees and the Red Sox in 1978. And Keith was Keith could do anything. So could Pat Summerall. You know, and Pat Summerall was a rarity because Pat was one of the very few ever to be able to come off the field and translate that into a great play-by-play announcer. You know, Pat was not only a phenomenal football announcer, but Pat did a tremendous job as the host for tennis and golf on CBS. He was their Jim Nance. You know, Pat Summerall didn't just do football. He did the U.S. Open Finals, and he did all the golf. And he was great. He wasn't just good. He was great. Great. I mean, he did it all. You know, it's play-by-play. And think about this. Pat Summerall knew who the star was when he was doing play-by-play. It was John Madden, you know, before that Tom Brookshire. Pat got it. Pat didn't have an ego. Pat was very well aware of that. You know, Pat truly was a guy that let the pictures do the talking. He was perfect for golf and perfect for tennis. He was phenomenal. You know, a lot of people forget Pat Summerall doing golf and tennis. He was a legend. You know, but again, you talk about Pat Summerall and John Madden, maybe the best duo in the history of the National Football League. And no disrespect to Al Michaels and John Madden, but Pat Summerall and John Madden were, wow. I mean, because Pat Summerall set up John Madden better than anyone else. Al Michaels didn't set up John Madden the way Pat Summerall did. He just didn't. You know, Pat played off of John and set him up with his great lines and everything else. And, you know, you talk about Al Michaels. He's going to go down as, you know, one of the very best ever, ever in the business of sports broadcasting. We're still lucky that we have him doing as many events uh, as he does. Very, very blessed. Fortunate. Now, those were some great, that was a great era of sports broadcasting back when you had Dick Enberg, Keith Jackson, you know, Pat Summerall. I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, but that was that was a great era. That, 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 that really was. That was, you know, you had Enberg and Olsen doing the biggest game of the week on NBC, and you had Pat Summerall and John Madden doing the NFC. So you had them doing the big game in the NFC, with Enberg and Olsen doing the uh, game on the AFC. And, you know, you were blessed. I mean, they were, it was, it was great. Not good. Great. They did an unbelievable job. They really did. All right. Hey, great show today. We'll do it again tomorrow at three o'clock. Get your calls ready for tomorrow. You know, if you want to do an open forum Friday going into the weekend, I'm happy to do that. We can talk about anything. 
You know, and there's a lot of things going on in the world right now that a lot of people are interested in talking about. I'm good with whatever. We'll go any direction you want. I'm fine with that. But I appreciate your support. It's been phenomenal. I appreciate you interacting with me here on Listen App. And don't forget to check out my podcast tomorrow. Until tomorrow, I'm Grant Napier saying so long. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.